Hey everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pros, and this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. My special guest with me here today is the CEO of UpCity.com, a successful entrepreneur who has spent over 15 years in the digital marketing industry. He is very passionate about creating and empowering successful relationships between businesses and trusted marketing service providers. Please welcome Dan Olson. This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Dan, I really appreciate you being with me here. It's, it's an honor. Thank you, man. Michael, great to be here. Uh, love, love the conversation already. Can't wait, to, can't wait to dive in with you. Yeah, it's it's cool because I know we're you know I always say that it's so hard sometimes to connect with with busy people like you, and then finally we're able to connect. It's like we've been emailing so much, and then it's it's pretty cool to finally like you know hear hear the voice and um, put the voice behind the 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 name and all the photos you see on LinkedIn and social media. So <laughs> same here, man. Really looking forward to this. Thanks. So yeah, you know Dan, like we we spoke a little bit before uh, you know before this podcast, and I just want you know the audience to. Get a feel for for your you know your story um, as transparent as possible, and, and sure. you know that you know you're you got a successful business, and and I know that for sure. I actually we're a customer of yours, um, but can you tell us a little bit more about your story? Yeah, you bet. So I've been doing the the entrepreneurial thing for for quite some time. So I'm going to date myself pretty badly here. Probably 20 years. I've been kind of in in startups and, and working certain things. The the biggest experience I had was actually a startup before this. Which, which was a company called Performix, which uh, it's been in the digital marketing space for quite some time. It used to be a, a SaaS plus services company um, in the affiliate space. And then we evolved into paid search and SEO for, for big companies, Target, Kohl's, some really great, really great names. And so that was in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, and it ultimately got bought by DoubleClick and then ultimately got bought by Google. So I was uh, really fortunate to, to see kind of ground floor how digital advertising was changing for, for big companies. And uh, this, we had a great team, great culture, and learned from, in terms of how to be a great entrepreneur, we were just you know, surrounded by a ton of great entrepreneurs. So it was a, a, like my, my MBA advanced degree, maybe, maybe even PhD in entrepreneurial uh, experiences and, and what it takes to try to grow a team. It definitely was bumpy at times, but we learned we learned a lot, and uh, and it worked out pretty well. And, and that really actually started me down the path of, you know, well, you know, Target can can spend a decent amount of money on on a, a performance to help them navigate paid search and SEO. What's everybody else doing out there? And so I got really started getting passionate about the the challenges for small and medium sized businesses. And this was you know 1999, 2000 ish, and actually probably. Started getting even more fired up about the SMB side in about 20, what was it, 2006, 2007. And um, ultimately, you know, after we got bought and sold a few times, it was clear that the, the company I was with was just not going to go down the small and medium sized business path and stay with enterprise. And so I broke out to, to start this business in 2009. So just hit 10 years, actually, about a week and a half ago. Um, and the, the fundamental focus then is it really is now is how do we make digital advertising in particular a little bit easier for small and medium-sized businesses? And, and it's evolved a bit. And so initially we, we rolled out some software and said, hey, here, we actually used to be called DIY SEO and said, here's some software to, uh, to help you rank in, in Google. 
right. uh, kind of like a Mailchimp for SEO. Yeah. And and so that and we were like, well, we knew this was going to be hard, but it's as you know, and most of the folks are probably listening, like it's really hard to do this stuff on your own. And we learned quickly that they needed help. They needed professionals like yourself and others out there to build a website, structure things correctly, do all these things. And so we pivoted the company pretty quickly into working with more agencies. And then the last year and a half, the last kind of major pivot or iteration is, well, we just found that it's really important to continue to help these small, medium-sized businesses. It's really to make choices. They need help, but there's really not great resources online to, to help them do that. Um, so I guess I always joke, you know, you and I could get more information about what Italian restaurant we would eat at in Chicago tonight, then it would be like, who's a great mobile app developer, right? Who's a great web designer? And if you're about ready to drop $50,000 on a web web project, you know, you should probably have a lot of structured data on how to do that. So that's been the big push in empowering buyers to make great decisions and finding you know, great teams like yourself and, and promoting them. So it seems like you, you know, with, I mean, with Upsidia, there's, it's really uh, helping qualified leads, buyers, you know, reach, reach right. digital marketing and web, web shops. You know, it's, it's yeah. really, I mean, it's helped us. It's helped my company, Imagine Innovation, a lot. You know, it's just, it's vetting people because, you know, people who are going to this platform, they're, they, they are potential buyers. There's a, the way it's, tra- the way it works. I mean, at right. least for what yeah. I see, my outside perspective, it's yeah. kind of like you go to the platform, you're like, well, I mean, you're already seeing these these companies that that have reviews and they're vetted and they're right. you know there's a, there's a big platform there with information. Yeah, agreed. I, for us, we just were we started out in the marketing space and just recently we moved into other B two B services. So yeah. uh, you know, getting into more IT services and those types of things. But I think uh, fundamentally, it comes down to trust. And, and unfortunately, as you know, that is that is at a minimum sometimes in this space, especially in other mm-hmm. verticals versus others. It's just it's really easy to overpromise someone marketing results and mm-hmm. then and then underdeliver. So you can close the deal, but I think the industry is still reeling from the fact that people were a little too quick to close deals and not actually set expectations, educate the customer, and those types of things. And so, if you ever ask someone like, "Hey, you know, what's uh, who are you using, you know, for SEO?" They're like, "Oh, I got, I know this, this. I had a really bad situation with that about two years ago." So there's a lot of horror stories out there, and so we fundamentally think that. We have to work against those horror stories. You know, the, the fundamental process around how people buy services in particular or businesses buy services in particular, it, it can be much improved. And we're hoping to play a big role in that. You know, I, I really like, Dan, what you guys did because with with UpCity, it's not, you know, I know you guys offer uh, digital marketing services amongst other services, but yeah. the, the platform, the, the um, you know, the software platform that you guys created and built it's providing value as we just talked about to, to yeah. um, potential prospects and, and buyers and leads and and it's it really is solving a problem you know and it, yeah. it's pretty cool how you built it because it matches what you do the right. I, i'm seeing a lot of a lot of companies what's happening is they're creating a business and mm-hmm. then they create a totally separate product and not saying that they're not, it's not going to be successful there's yeah. a lot of amazing right. concepts and ideas out there yep. um, that are making money some make it some some fail but right. it, it's it creates at least from my experience what i've seen it creates a lot of brand confusion and brand clutter and it right. it, it it's so hard to manage it because yep. it's like you're creating all these separate different different type, you know se- separate companies right. and it's not all under one umbrella it seems like it but it's kind of not because there's all they all require different strategies marketing and sales strategies right yep. so 
Yeah. I like what you guys did. It's it's really cool. I appreciate that. It's it's been tough because we've there's been a number of different iterations of the business, right? Ten years is a long time for a quote unquote startup, right? And so yeah. we've been trying different different things and trying to do, you know, different components like, oh, that worked a little bit better. But I think for us, what's been challenging is sometimes you come to somebody like, here's everything we're doing. Here's, you know, the five last ideas we tried to build out. And we're trying to do all yeah. of them still. And they're like, boy, this is really confusing. Oh, yeah. Right. So we really try to, you know, try to slim it down to at the end of the day, you know, I think what we found, I think, Michael, what was really interesting is that when we were in, we were offering software to small businesses. It was really just a, a, a learning ground for us. You know, we were asking them, what do you need? Well, I don't ha- I don't want to pick up and do work for two hours a night around like SEO or local or reputation or like, I don't have the time for this. You know, this is, this is just too hard. Um, and so we learned a lot there. And then we went to the kind of the agency side and the marketing provider side and said, you know, you know, we reworked the software and gave it to them and say, Hey, can you use this? And I said, yeah, it's good. But you know what? We're really struggling. There's like 17 solutions out there. They're all, some of them have some really good things and other things about, you know, that I can leverage. But you know what I really need? I, I need someone to help me with my own marketing, like my own differentiation, my own lead generation, right? I sound like everybody else out there, right? I actually, like, you know, just talking with you and your team, like, you guys know what you're doing, right? It's sometimes really hard for a buyer to dis- discriminate you guys who've done this stuff over and over again and someone who yeah. just started yesterday, you know? And and so that is, if we can you know, play a big role in, in, in doing that, and so, okay, now this is a platform where you can put your last great 15 client interactions and there's reviews and all those types of things that helps inform the next buyer goes, oh, this person's got 15, 20 reviews about how great they are to work with. This person who started yesterday, maybe not there yet. Maybe not the best fit for me yet, right? So that's the exciting part of how, kind of how we in essence use a, a software company to build you know, a really effective marketplace. Uh, and I don't know, I always joke with our team, maybe we could have skipped a couple of years and just <laughs> gone straight to marketplace. Yeah, but, and I said, but you know what? We really couldn't. Like, we had to go through that journey. We had to learn those things. We had to, you know, really, you know, dig in with these clients and understand their pain points. And I think we, we in essence, we were able to use some of our SEO DNA to, to in essence, capture, you know, SEO traffic to our own site and then hand it off to folks instead of trying to do, do, you know, hand people tools to do it. And you know, I always tell this to people: if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, it's, it's you gotta. You got to, you got to fail. You got to fall forward. You got to, you know, you got to learn, uh, adapt, evolve, scale, yep. Yep. and then you fall again. And then you adapt and evolve. And then, yeah. So, and it's, it's a big part because it's a, getting that product market fit can take a long time. We, you know, we were just, I can't remember what it was maybe about a year ago talking about open table was still walking in, you know, like, you know, into restaurants and asking for business five years into their beginning. Like, I mean, they, they didn't figure it out. They didn't really get going until year eight you're nine. So those are the types of stories. And you and I talk about this. I think there's that, that this kind of you know, BS thing that entrepreneurs think like, I started a business and a year later, I should tell everybody I'm a millionaire, right? Yeah. It's like, that's not how it works. And I think yeah. everybody wants to be able to go to the next happy hour or cocktail hour with some friends and be like, yep, it's amazing. You know, it's just, it's hard work. And, and I think if, I think the industry and conversations like this, which I love what you're doing, just be more honest with it. It's like, hey, it, it is really exhilarating. This is, um, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with the people I work with. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's days where it's just, it's hard. It's just really, you know, and some days you might get weeks that are hard. You might get months that are hard. You got to yeah. find a way to pull through, right? Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's cool that you say that because, um, you know, I know we had a, a previous chat uh, conversation earlier, but 
it, it really, I, I think what I'm learning from doing this, you know, almost, almost 10 years as well is essentially it's really about perseverance. Yeah. There's no, you know, because everyone that I've spoke to, I've, I've spoke to so many different uh, people in, 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 you know, various industries and markets and, um, you know, all different types of founders and, and um, owners, entrepreneurs, and they, they, you know, the ones that have been sticking with it, the ones that are, have done it for a few years, they haven't, they, yeah, they, they maybe have made some money, but they haven't really, they, they haven't fall, fallen yet yeah. and really struggled yet. Some yeah. have, I'm not speaking yeah. very general, but yeah. in essence, it's, they haven't really fall, fallen yet. And the thing yeah. is, is that, you know, what I've experienced and what I've talked to others, it really is about, um, perseverance because you can work hard because right. there's a yeah. stigma then you know we, we see this yeah. right that that you know you have to work you got to work till you die you got to work work right. work you gotta right. grind you gotta grind but then you don't realize that you're going to burn yourself out yep. the key is to strategize take a deep breath mm-hmm. pull back a little bit it might take a little bit longer but yeah. pull back and strategize and make sure you have all your ducks in a row to yeah. some extent to some extent yeah and then you execute and you deliver and if yep. you if you don't, if you fail, then you try it again and again. But at least you know you did your research. You spoke with others. Mm-hmm. You got feedback. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. That's a big part of it. And it's you have to continue that process. It's trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. Um, it's I not agree. something that it's continuously streamlined and smooth. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I, I probably I make sure to spend a lot of time spending on you know deciding how I'm going to spend time. It sounds kind of crazy, right? But you have to carve off a part of your calendar and say, how am I going to carve up the rest of my calendar? Right? Because it just just gets taken away from you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden it's fires here and fires there. And you're like, you didn't get to any of your to-do items that week. And it's easy to happen. So that gets into the type of team you scale with and all those types of things. I think think perseverance is definitely a big part of it. But I think it is, to your point, it's that planning. And then how how do you pull yourself out of your business so you're not working in it, but you're working on it. Right. And I think everybody gets caught into the in part and they just don't, it can't get, it can't work and do the on and, and just kind of like, wait, maybe I need to make a hire here. You know, maybe I, you know, maybe I don't have the current right team, like some really hard, hard right. life changing decisions. That's, you mean, you gotta give yourself some time to get to, to think that through. Um, yeah. The other thing I thought about when you, you were saying perseverance, and I think, and I think this can be a really important trait. Sometimes it's really hard depending on, on how you're kind of wired as a human being is how do you make sure the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too lows and too, too low, right? I think that's really hard to stay even keeled because, again, you might think, man, you close a big client. I'm like, we are amazing. Like we just, you know, and you can think that. It's like, and it's all, and, and we're going to continue to always be amazing and things will always be amazing, right? You can just kind of go a little too far with it and you might lose a client. But like we're awful and we're always going to be, you know, like you just, how do you, you know, oh, I don't know so how true. you do so that. Bad. Yeah. How do you, so how do you, try, oh as a leader, right? How do you stay even keeled and how do you try to keep your team even keeled? I'll actually love to yeah. hear your thoughts on that, but it's tough. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it's, it's, it's always like a high, high, a low, low. Yeah. And I'm trying, you know, I, for me, I always tell people that you need to kind of balance that mindset, that thought process. Yep. Instead of always seeing it as like when you close a big customer, don't get overconfident because right. the next day could be a big, big challenge. So you yep. need to strategize. Like I said, take a step back, appreciate, be grateful that that client signed with you. That's a huge step in the company, but then it shouldn't change your mindset and and allow you to, to really 
make drastic changes in, in a heartbeat, you know, cause I think a lot of companies, they, they close a few big deals right. and then all of a sudden they're making, you know, they're, they're hiring 20 people in, in a right. month. And then that's, that's when you have a scaling problem. Yeah. And you know, so that's a, that's more of a scaling, um, scaling question. I want to ask you actually in a yeah. few minutes, but I want to kind of get into a little bit then is, you know, I, I know we talked uh, briefly about differentiation and, and yeah. your business platform, but what really made you differentiate yeah. the UpCity business platform and strategy from other digital marketing agencies? Because we all know it's really, he it's heavily saturated, right? What, what triggered you to do that? Yeah. So we, you know, when we started out, we, we, we first decided this was going to be a product oriented company to start. So we had developers and, you know, actually hired before I even came in. And so it kind of working up an initial version of the, of, of our, our software platform. And so I think that, that, that's an interesting thing coming out of the gates. And so, Versus a service business like yours, right? If you get to think about what 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 at our core are we? And interesting, you know, and then how are we going to differentiate, you know, differentiate our core versus other cores? And so I, you know, tech first for us. Services is a big component to to make sure our clients have have a voice and they know that we're hearing them and those sort of things. But ultimately, we try to find ways that technology uh, it can can help, can can solve problems as often as possible. And I think that can differentiate us from our competitors and those sorts of things. We did, uh, you know, I think for us, the other big component, and that's, this is kind of where we, we kind of moved away from being more of a, a you know, our primary go-to-market being, hey, we're a software solution to help you do project management, some reporting, typically around SEO, local SEO, reputation management content. And so that mm -hmm. for us, as we looked at it, like, boy, this is a busy space and there's a new person every day who's got something and that's pretty interesting. And, that's, and, and this goes really deep and we're kind of broad. And so I think as we looked at it, like, man, if we really, really want to execute on our product vision, we need a 50 person development team. And, and I had some hard conversations with our, with our, with our investors and say, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but there is one thing that is working. You know, we created some free resources and built this little Yelp like app to, to help promote our software customers. And so we'd say, Hey, here's just some, here's some great people in, in Cary, North Carolina. If you're looking for these types of solutions, we've got we've got folks there. So it started. That was more just a free resource we put out there in the community, just because again we knew buyers and sellers were having a hard time finding each other. And then ultimately, it, it turned into its own product, and our own SEO grew really, really significantly. And so, you know, we now have hundreds of thousands of folks, you know, over a million folks who come through our platform, you know, looking for help and looking for buyers, mostly coming through a search 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 result. That's a great way to differentiate, right? So we can actually, we can, you know, we can be a big, you know, Google thinks we're, we can be a really important part of the buyer's process and we're doing everything we can on our side to continue to, to build up Google's confidence in us so that then we can take their, you know, their searchers and turn them into informed buyers who then hopefully then connect with, with you know, the, the, the providers in our site and for great relationships, you know, for this year yeah. and forever, you know. It's definitely, I, I mean, you, you know, I, I definitely uh, can resonate with that. You know, with, with with Google, they want to see that you're providing value to your audience. You know, they want exactly. to see that you're, that you're uh, increasing the, the the user intent and the experience for, um, you know, for your target audience. So yep. it, seems, it seems like, well, that's what UpCity's doing. Um, it's, you know, it's key. Oh, well. Let me, I'll just add to that. Sometimes it gets tough, though, right? Yeah. Because we might do something that's very buyer friendly and our providers are like, wait, what are you doing? And so, yeah. you know, right. So it's one of those things where we're, 
hey, we're, we're trying to meet the needs of both sides. And I, and I think one of the things I learned from working with Google, Google early on, and they were pretty hesitant, to, you know, even when they rolled out AdWords, which we were beta testing, you know, they were really concerned about no caps lock and no exclamation points. And so it was really smart for them to just like, if we, if we make this miserable for, for the searchers, then this whole thing is, is out. So I think that to me, we kind of thought of this as a vertical search engine when people are looking for marketing services and those types of things, how can we provide a really great experience for them? And like, how do we keep that buyer experience at the center of what we do? And if we do that and, and we get more reviews on our platform and get more structured data, you know, then we're, we're really enhancing a, a, a buyer experience and hopefully they'll come back. And hopefully then Google will see that they spend a ton of time on our site before they even go back to Google and Google rewards us there. So right. I think it's that, that, that focus on the, uh, on that buyer and their experience has been, been key to our success to date. And then with, with your experience, in, uh, you know, with marketing and helping startups and, and all sorts of companies for a long time, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges they have in common on a marketing or even business perspective? What, what guidance or advice would you give to them? Yeah, I, you know, t- and this is probably, I don't know if you guys had this on day one. It's like, how do you get your first customer? That's just, yeah. that's overwhelming. You know, and so, you know, we've been in the SEO space, We're like, hey, do some SEO. I'm like, okay, that's great if you can wait six to 12 months, depending on the vertical, right? Not one month. It's not going to happen in a yeah. month. And, yeah. You know, done, right? It's over. There's right. no more cash around. So, so I think it's the, you know, it's, to me, it's kind of depending on, like, again, are you a service business or are you product oriented business? And sometimes products take a little longer to figure out. I also encourage sometimes people who are product companies to start out as service companies. It depends on your capitalization, right? If you've raised 20 million, you don't need to worry about it. But if, but if you're like most entrepreneurs and there's not 20 million bucks sitting in your, in your bank account to go build whatever you want, um, you know, sometimes I think going to market as a service business and then bringing the product along, I think is really interesting because you can, you can start selling yourself and your knowledge on day one. You guys did, right? You said, Hey, you know, we're, we, we know we have a very specific skill set uh, and we can help people, you know, with with needs that they, they need to get knocked out. And so you can be, quote unquote, in market really, really quickly. Now, how do you differentiate into those things gets to be, you know, is, is your challenge. But I think that I think those, you know, that first part of like who you want to be and then how do you get those first customers? is just, you know, it's it, it is it's getting scrappy. It's, you know, if you worked at another company, are there people who broke off and, you know, are doing things and they need help building things. How do you, how do you network within your community and, and do those, you know, pull, you know, start to make sure that the business community knows of your skill sets. And then what we talk to our people a lot is, you know, especially in service-based businesses, you know, word of mouth is the, is the whole thing. And so you got to get a, those initial few people, but you got to get that wheel turning pretty quickly. How can they be your next big proponent? And so this is super biased because I run a review platform. Right. But how do you get that online? How do you how do you put your client's voice out there? Because they don't trust. Let's be honest. They don't trust your voice as much as somebody else who just worked with you. I mean, it's just everybody's every provider says they're amazing. Right. But if you've got this provider's got 15 people who are ready to raise their hand, it's a it's it's a difference maker. Right. So I think engaging, you know, or thinking about your. And Jay, you mentioned you talked to Jay. Jay Bear does this beautifully. He talks, highlights a bunch of examples of how you build your entire client process, client services process around perpetuating word of mouth. And I think service providers need to be thinking that more often, not just restaurants, not just hotels, 
like I think you know this the the service provider community needs to really think about how to how, how to perfect that customer experience. Yeah, he definitely exactly. talks a lot about customer experience. It's your your customers at the end of the day. I mean, we all listen. We we all want to get new business, right? Every company on the planet wants to increase sales. However, at the end of the day, the your existing customers are the ones that are going to save you for sure. You know, if sure. you're doing a good job, if you're doing a good job, obviously, if you're doing not, a good job, and, and I think that's a be really freaking good at what you do. Yeah. You know, work your butt off and make sure that that you know it's really clear what you're going to accomplish for them and just and crush it. Right? That helps. That's a great foundation for trust that they've built in with you and you with them. And then they, they, they're going to be your biggest advocates, right? And so, and sometimes you might hit it and sometimes you might not. You, you come up, there's your rational clients. There's sometimes things you're like, ooh, we just missed that. You know, some days, some days that happens. And I think that's the other thing I would say, Michael, in this industry are, are and I think we have to get up. It's that same, the same thing of perfection. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm crushing it. Everybody's crushing it. Everything's amazing. Every single client loves me. Nobody ever says anything bad about me. And so, when we run a review platform and someone puts up a three star and something, or or heaven forbid they put up a one star for somebody, you know our service providers take that really personally, and I get that as an entrepreneur. I totally agree with that, and I just feel that at an emotional level. But guess what? That one star experience, if you you need to reply, provide your narrative. Let's make sure everybody understands there's two sides to a relationship that doesn't work out. And that takes your other 20 other five-star experiences and really almost it, it validates every single one of them. You know, it, it just says, hey, you know what? There's once in a while, there's going to be someone who doesn't like what I do. And here's how I handle it. And here's how, you know, we disagree to disagree and, and move, move on. And I think that, that, that rawness, that, that humility, that, that kind of, you know, what, what you do a great job of it. This is me. This is, this is who I am mm-hmm. I think is, 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 a, is a fading trait. And I think everybody, you know, and I think it's something that we as an industry need to do a better job of just being really honest with it, just brutally honest with each other and with yeah. our prospective customers. And I think we'd all be better off. Yeah, it's transparency, honesty. Uh, it's, then, it goes, it yeah. goes such a long way, uh, you know. Um, and it's hard. That is hard. I don't I mean, it's not like, yeah, we just need to talk the truth. I mean, it. You know this. There's some really tough conversations we've had to have with customers. Oh yeah, right. Where hey, I don't know if our software product's the right fit for you, based on your international focus. Like, you know, those are you don't want to disappoint people. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's and uh, you know when someone calls you out for not being transparent, you know, you got to listen and then be like, well, maybe we could have played that a little bit better. So yeah, yeah, I think that's if you and I can do anything, man. Maybe we can maybe we can push the. The, the rawness out there and just it's okay to it's okay to be out there it's okay to you know talk through these challenges with people and and just every as long as your heart's in the right place and you're trying to do right by your customers and right by your employees at the end of the day it's it's hard to call you out too much you know Gary Vaynerchuk does it right he's getting a lot of uh I mean he's getting some hate about it but you know what he's he's telling the truth he's telling mm-hmm. people you know this this game is hard you guys yeah. want to play this yeah there's a lot of people out there that are faking it, faking it, faking it. They're putting all this false information out there about business ownership and entrepreneurship and yeah. that, you know, oh, it's it's easy and all this stuff. You know, it's not. It's yeah. You have to be purpose driven. You got to be passion driven. You got to do something that you love because if you don't love it right. and you don't have a joy for it, 
It's not going to get you past the difficult times. That's what I think people don't understand. Yeah. You have to love what you do. You have to have a skill in what you do. Cause if you also don't have the skill, it's going to be difficult to deliver and execute. Um, so I think it's a combination of all of that um, alongside yeah. many different elements, but you know, it's, it's, it's a big part of it. Yeah, totally, yeah. To- totally agree. And I think it's, it's, and that's, a, you know, so when we were talking about trust came up at a conference I was at the other day. And so I was like, well, how do you scale trust? I'm like, that's interesting. You know, like, you know, A, I think it does start with this initial passion for um, fixing problems for people. And we were talking, actually, Greg Sterling was in the conversation, which I don't know if you covered much of Greg's stuff, but a really another guy who just really kind of calls it the way he sees it in the yeah. SEO and search space. So always love a conversation with Greg. And he's like, you know, at the end of the day, you can't fake it. Like you got to really actually want to help people. And then, and then you actually want to do that and, and kind of build lasting relationships. And so if you, you, so you have to, your culture needs to be completely driven around that. And then you got to hopefully scale out your team with people who feel just as excited about that as you do. And if they don't, then you know what, then they, they they're not going to fit. It's not going to work. And if you keep adding folks who, who are watering that down or in it to make a buck or just to do these things, then that's who you become. And so, and I, so I think to me, as I tell my team, I'm more chief culture officer than anything. Like, I think at this point in our, in our, in our growth cycle and probably going forward, I always will be because if we don't get that right. Then, then we're, then we're missing the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just kind of jumping a little bit here, uh, Dan, what would you, what stage of, of growing and scaling up city would you say has been essentially the most challenging for you? I know we, yeah. we paddled a little bit before the, the podcast, but what would be the most challenging for you and what stage do you think was the most enjoyable? Uh, that's an easy one for us. I think for me, the most challenging one was the, was the, were those early days. Like, you know, I think that uh, we, we tried to, we had this hypothesis of, you know, can we be a, we, you know, we started out as that software company that I talked about going directly to small, medium sized businesses we said, can we be the MailChimp of SEO? And we're like, ooh, that would be, it's pretty audacious. And, um, you know, we're taking something that doesn't take five minutes and hitting a send button to do, you know, it takes, it takes 20 minutes or 30 minutes and you, then, you know, the, you get feedback, you know, maybe three to six months later. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're like, all right, how do we do this and turn it in, into something? So that was the stress of like, hey, is this going to work or not? It was really tough. And, and as we kind of like kept, is it us? Is it the market? Is it both? not ready for a do-it-yourself solution. We got some partnerships and basically we found that it's just, hey, I think we've got the data and, and folks, we just can't make this easy enough. We can't make this engaging enough for them to kind of stick it out because that effort and reward is just too, too far apart. So that was really hard and frustrating. And I think it, it drove us into, well, how do we then engage more of the, the agency and marketing provider side? So it, it led us into a good spot. Um, the most fun, though, is easy. I think I think it's been the last two and a half years where we moved more from you know instead of a software company first and, and a mm-hmm. and kind of marketplace second to marketplace first, and maybe for the, you know and then some software solutions for for people that that fit that niche that we offer. Um, that's been a lot of fun because it is we're now talking to people about not project management reporting software, but hey, how are you marketing your 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 business? How are you as a marketing provider? How are you doing marketing? And so we're just having a great time having conversations. And, like, and then we get into the sales process. Okay, we send you a click 
you know, they submit a lead. That's awesome. How quickly is it taking you to follow up on that? So it's really thinking about kind of the, you know, the HubSpot flywheel thing we use a lot around here. Like, you know, how well are you doing those first part, those first components? And then how well are you, you know, getting that, that client, if you did close them, to leave reviews for you? You know, how are you delighting them and are you, are you leveraging them as an advocate going forward? So, you know, these are hard things to do. It's hard to market. It's hard to sell. It's hard to really, you know, do a great job for your client and hard to activate them. And so we're having a lot of fun from an education perspective, from a solution perspective, kind of having, having that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And did you guys ever, I'm not sure, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know from, I mean, from the research I did, I wasn't sure if you guys received funding or not, but I know you did mention it a little bit uh, in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Did, you build, did you ever build UpCity from the ground up or, or you know, and if, if so, do you think bootstrapping yeah. is a good idea or do you think it's smart to, to look for outside funding? Uh, it, it's a good question. We we were fortunate, so we we raised about five and a half million. So oh, wow. you know, we've gone, through, yeah, so a decent amount of money. So we were pretty well, pretty well capitalized compared to Bootstrapped. Not oh. so well capitalized compared to other software companies, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so we're kind of in this kind of tweener land. And so, I think I think again, I think um, going back to my analogy before, not everybody can 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 put five million bucks in the bank. And so I think um, we. Depends on what you want to build. Like I said, product business, it takes a while, but it, it can be really fulfilling and very you know profitable and all those types of things. Most people, if they've got a really good product idea, you're going to need some capital probably to figure it out, right? Oh. It's just going to be tough. But like I said, if you, if you really want, you know, there's really some interesting, there's some great SaaS businesses that have actually come out of, come out of agency models. So someone, you know, there's lots of people who, boy, this is, there's really not very good reporting platforms out there. I'm going to build one. And so while they've got the agency on the side, they, they build something. Basecamp. Basecamp. Yeah. Basecamp. Perfect example, right? They That's had great. An agency yeah. And they are worth how much? <laughs> yeah. A lot more than just, just a, you know, an agency. So that, that's a great, you know, started as a service, used everything out there. Actually Slack did too. I think they came out of a gaming oh. company, right? So oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. They, huh. you know, I think uh, Butterfield. Yeah. So I think he, you know, they were like, boy, this collaboration stuff really stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. they obviously did a pretty darn good job, you know, coming up with something better. So, you know, I think that's, that's, that's the interesting part. And, and, the, and the tough part, as you said, is that perseverance to kind of stay in the game, right? We, we've been doing this for a while. We're still really passionate. There's been people who've gone up market and, you know, decided I'm not, I'm not going to hang in this SMB space. And so we, we keep forging a path. We're really passionate about it. And some people are like, really, man, what are you doing? But, you know, we're, we really feel like now it's, we're hitting our groove and, and, and finally have a, you know, a product market fit that could scale and, and actually hit the original mission of the business. That's great. And did, did you guys see it? So did you receive funding when you started the product side of the business or was it when you're still in service? We, we actually, service was really added a, a kind of on the, on the side of the product. And I think, um, so we were a product company to start. We said, hey, oh, we're okay, doing okay. this I kept app. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, cool. we, we were a product company at the very beginning. We're going to build an app. And so, and that was exciting to me because yeah. I came from a service heavy, service, you know, heavy business that was working with enterprise. Um, we, yeah, we use our own platform, but it, it really just evolved into, you know, a, a, a services business. So to get into SMB, I'm like, if we can't start, I didn't want, we could, but I didn't want to start with services because it's just really hard to scale trying to charge 500 bucks a month to, to folks as you, you know, as you've seen for people out there. Right. So, so we're like, how do we, how do we put technology into this? 
And so what we did, and one thing I wish I would have done, I wish I would have launched services along with that because when we did, you know, hey, here's this do-it-yourself SEO solution and someone goes, that's not the right package for me. I need someone to do this for me. You know, that's what have been good for us. Like, oh, here you go. And then all of a sudden when you have a team leveraging your own platform, you know, mm-hmm. then you get a lot better, you know, feedback. Like I would say our, our technology got way better because we had our team starting to use it on behalf of customers, uh, you know, customer problems. And I think it worked out really well. Um, so, yeah, so we've been product first, service second. And then, and then this marketplace business is kind of a whole new ball game because it's, it's definitely pla- it's platform oriented, you know, search oriented, you know, trying to take, pull in as much, as many buyers as we can and connect them to the right, to the right providers. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. I mean, just to kind of close things out, we have about two minutes left, but I always ask the last few questions. I call it the three hows. So how do you define failure? How do you define your story in one sentence and in one word? And how do you define success? So first one is failure. How do I define failure? That's a good one. Um, Failure is, is, is the process we go through before we, we fail a little less. You know, I think it's, I, and, I don't, and I think I'll get into the, the definition of success, right? Because I think we're, and I, I had a great conversation with a, with a great entrepreneur, Michael Hawk, who runs a company called Rev Local. Um, it's like, we're all doing it wrong, right? And I think, I think we're, we're failing more often these days than we're, than we're being successful. I think that's hard for someone to say that out loud and be like, man, mm-hmm. we're probably getting it wrong more than 50% of the time. But if we can keep this, if we're humble and aware of that and, and passionate about making things a little, little less bad and, and, and improving some of those things, then, then I think, I think it's, it's what motivates us. It's what fires us up. So that's how I think about it. I think it's, it's a temporary pace. It's, it's something you have to be comfortable with. And that it's just not going to look exactly the way you draw it up. A lot of times, sometimes it is, and that's that's awesome. And you can definitely just say, "Hey, that that just we killed it on that one." Yeah. Um, but more often than not, as you know, it's like eh, it didn't quite turn out. And so, how do you how do you learn from that and kind of move to the next and you know, move to that next phase, right? Mm-hmm. Which brings us what to success? How I define success? Yep. Yep. So, success for me is. Um, driving outcomes, you know, what, what, what are the outcomes that we've got set up for our employees? It's not just, you know, for our customers, we've got two, two stakeholders from a customer perspective, people who are looking for help and people who provide help. And so how do we consistently drive outcomes for everybody involved? How do we develop our employees to be really great, uh, you know, team members, but also entrepreneurs like I talk about, you know, if you come out of here only learning how to sell better, then we've, we've missed the mark. Right. So success for me is what I think my benchmark for success with this company is obviously we want a great business outcome and build something really special that that has an impact on the uh, on, on our community. Right. As well as an impact in our industry. But I also want to make sure that, you know, we've you know, there's going to be 10 other companies that come out of this thing. So those are the things that we're really, you know, we see as or I see as the benchmarks for for success here. Awesome. And what would you consider the definition of your story in one sentence and in one word? My story um, in one sentence. Be willing to try and fail many times. <laughs> and then, um, let me see. I would say uh, either iteration, flexibility. I don't really like the word pivot, but I mean, I think it's, it's, 
Evolving. How about evolving? There you go. I like that one better. Always evolving. I know it's two words, man, but get it. Hopefully I'm close enough. <laughs> well, I would, so you would say your one word is evolving. Evolving. I love it. We're constantly figuring it out. Perfect. Well, I appreciate it, Dan. This is this has been this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for all your insight, your inspiration, and um, you're a great guy. I can't I can't wait to uh, you know meet you in person. Hopefully, I make yeah. it to Chicago or you guys come to Raleigh. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely definitely look forward to uh, continue building our, our relationship, and I look forward to uh, people hearing this hearing this episode. I think it's going to be fantastic. So thank you so much again for your time, man. I'm very honored, and and uh, it's great to to have you on here. Hey, my pleasure, Michael. Thanks for having me and, and, and just great to have you as a partner. So I think these kind of conversations are really important. And like I said, hopefully uh, we can find ways to, to, to get some of these things out there more because I think yeah. it's some important stuff. So I really appreciate you doing this. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, I appreciate it, Dan. And, and uh, I'm assuming everyone can find uh, you You guys. Your website is www.upcity.com. Correct. Correct. Fantastic. All right. Well, really appreciate that. Thanks again. And thank you everyone for listening. This is your host, Michael Giorgio on Tales from the Pros. And until next time, thanks guys.